Well, hi there, everybody. Sorry to interrupt your other podcasts that you're listening to, but a little uh, fun announcement to make here. Casey, in summertime, we'd like to get up to some antics. And those antics would involve getting a bunch of nerds together and doing what nerds do best, yelling at each other. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So we are going to do Nerd Debate live this year. <gasps> Nerd Debate 5 live. There we in go. Person. Boom. That yes. is the subtitle. We just came up with it. We will be doing this at the amazing Bullfinch Brew Pub here in Syracuse, New York. So find all the information that you need at our social media or at nightshiftradio.com. We've drank Bullfinch's beer before. Dave, the brewmaster at Bullfinch, makes amazing beers. Check out the amazing stuff that's happening in Bullfinch. You can go to bullfinchbrewpub.com. Come join us on Saturday, July the 29th at 7.30 and be sure to be ready to listen to a bunch of nerds <laughs> argue with each other. <laughs> Alright, we're going to leave your podcast now. Goodbye. <laughs> You're listening to Never Heard of It, a Night Shift Radio original. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a rating and review if you're so inclined. For more information, visit nightshiftradio.com. So, Caleb, I tweeted this uh, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. the other day, but there, you were, I mean, we're the exact same age, give or take three weeks. Uh, no, exactly, exactly three, weeks, three weeks. weeks. We are exactly three weeks apart. So, we grew up in the same era of. Star Wars fandom. Sure. You know, the first six movies, right? You know, the original trilogy obviously ended. We were only like three or four when when the le- when uh Return of the Jedi came out, which fun fact was actually the very first movie I saw in the theaters. Hmm. It was playing at one of those like second run dollar theaters. Yeah. I mean, love those. you know, back in nineteen eighty six or whenever when I saw it, Huge every theater was a couple of dollars, but it was the second the second run. I will say that uh like Second run, or you know, colloquially known as the cheap theaters, uh, are probably the reason that I love film and movies as much as I do now as an adult. Because magic. as soon as I had agency and currency of my own to go see movies, I was at those theaters all the fucking time, like five dollar matinees at the Hoyts. Back yep. in the day, or like you know, dollar night at movies ten in Henrietta. That's where I saw uh, the Matrix. Tri County uh, Mall, uh, Tri County yeah. Mall in Baldinsville is where yep. I where I ended up seeing it actually. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, and so while uh, I I didn't see the original Star Wars trilogy in the theaters until the remaster, the re release, right in the nineties. Um, yep. Uh, in fact, I, I'm pretty sure the first movie that I saw. Uh, I should say the first movie that I remember seeing in the theater. I may have seen one before this, but the first movie I remember seeing in the theater was at the uh, the gorgeous old and definitely haunted Oswego Theater uh, when I went to see <laughs> Jurassic Park. Oh, what a good one! That was like what nineteen ninety four, nineteen ninety two, ninety three, somewhere in there. I can't remember the exact day, but I think it was ninety three. Uh, but yeah, so, so yeah, the, the first movie I saw, I think it was like five, uh, was, um, four or five was, was, uh, Return of the Jedi. And immediately after watching that movie, uh, in theaters, I had not seen the other two. I was five, so I hadn't really not seen the other two. Sure. Um, I immediately asked, uh, Ella, my other mom, um, to buy me a green, uh, lightsaber of which she did, Hell yeah. uh, uh, right in the mall. We just happened to pass by like a, I don't know, toy store or whatever, you know, it was KB toys or something like yes! that. Yes. Yeah. And uh, she bought me a green lightsaber and I had that thing for years and I became obsessed with Star Wars, specifically that movie. Mm-hmm. And I know Return of the Jedi is not the best of all of them. I know yeah, it, fuck it, you. Gets, it totally is. 
I loved Return of the Jedi. It was the best of the trilogy. But everybody always says that it's a bad, like, you know, no. critically speaking or, or you know, fandom speaking, everyone's like, no, it's Empire Strikes Back, which I like. I mean, I like them. I liked all the movies. They're terrible, but I love all of them. But Return exactly. of the Jedi was my movie. Like, yes. That was the movie that got me into Star Wars. And I think that's just, maybe that's just an age thing. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, for for me, the, the storytelling and the visuals and everything, like they they finally get to a, a place where like I start to care in that movie. The first one is yeah. fine. It's classic hero's journey, space opera, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Second one, it's middle of the trilogy syndrome. It's the bleak, dark, the, the setup has happened, the, the bad things are happening now. And like, to me, that part of the story is always like, okay, next is when the action happens. Uh, mm-hmm. So like, you know, some, some movies do an okay job of navigating those, those, treacherous waters of being the the middle child of a trilogy uh empire is okay right return of the jedi is where the action happens to me and like that's that's where the fucking like well like i mean luke's a fucking jedi in that one like there's so many like he's just so fucking cool he's a full like he's a bootleg jedi too like he's just like I'm a Jedi now because I say so. <laughs> because I fucking say so, bro. Like, that's the best part. He's just like... He's so fucking whiny in the first one. He's he is. really bad at, at sticking to a training regimen in the second one and, like, goes off half-cocked. And then the third one, like, something happened in between those movies. And, like, he got his shit together, got some fucking focus, learned some fucking skills, and is just showing up all in black with a brand new lightsaber ready to wreck shit. And I love it. Fucking re- And he does. And it's great. So, so the thing is, is like having watched only those movies, because, you know, up until the late nineties, those were the only movies, right? Those were the only movies that existed. Those mm-hmm. are the only three things you had to look for. And then you could watch Caravan of Courage and, uh, I forgot the other one, which I was, loved both of those movies. There was the holiday special. Uh, you might be thinking of uh, Battle for Endor? Battle for Endor. Yeah, yep. Battle for Endor and Caravan of Courage. I still have a double DVD where it's like one side is one and the other side is the other movie, but they're now on Disney+. Plus. I say, I'm pretty sure I saw Caravan of Courage on yeah, Disney+. Yeah, they just popped up on Disney+, Plus not that long ago. But anyways, so like, if if you were to tell me up until I was like, up until like maybe a year ago, if you were to be like, and I was to come to you and be like, yo, who's your favorite Star Wars character? And if you were like Boba Fett, I would have been like, fuck you, fuck you. No, he's not. Like Boba Fett is not. And maybe if you're like, no, 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 I read this book series on Boba Fett and there's like that, I'd be like, okay, maybe. But from a strictly, uh, from a strictly movie standpoint, if you told me your favorite character was Boba Fett, I would lose all respect for you because Boba Fett is probably the most bumbling, shitty character in the movies. It's so pointless. Up and even up until through through the first six. Like even in the first one, I just saw this TikTok where somebody was like, "This is Jango Fett." So somebody hires Jango Fett to uh, kill Amidala, right? Mm-hmm. That person doesn't want to kill Amidala, so they hire Django Fett to kill Amidala. Django Fett doesn't want to kill Amidala, so he hires the Changeling to kill Amidala. Well, the Changeling doesn't want to kill Amidala, so the Changeling uses a robot to go kill Amidala. But the robot doesn't want to kill uh, kill Amidala, so it uses a bunch of poisonous worms to kill Amidala. (laughs) Like... He, like, he's not even a good assassin. He didn't even, he didn't even do the assassination himself. 
like even Boba Fett's father was a fucking loser. Like you can't tell me that Boba Fett is a good character. Boba Fett dies accidentally. Well, dies quote unquote, because Han Solo fucking three stooges turns around and baps him on the back and he falls off a ship. That to me is one of the most brilliant movies or brilliant moments in the entire trilogy is when he accidentally eats Boba Fett into the Sarlacc. Right. He's just like Boba Fett where turns and hits him. Boba Fett falls into a fucking vagina in the middle of the the sand. Like you, there's no, there's no scenario in any of the movies where I'm like, Oh, Boba Fett's so fucking cool. Like he, he even sort of looks cool at best. So the problem is you get a a bunch of people who latch on to like, there's this mysterious bounty hunter. He's got like three lines and he's kind of got cool armor and a cool ship and like, what's his story? And then he just goes away and everyone's like, but he can't be dead. He was cool. And so like we have literal decades of nerds going wild in the expanded universe. People writing, you know, not only like what you would traditionally refer to as fan fiction and then the shit that got published that is really just fan fiction uh, yeah. i mean literally and so yep. you have this this whole well, what's canon what's not oh that's the expanded universe and like this is great like I, I know people that are super into this and you know what that's that's their thing and i i love the passion i love the commitment to it i'm here for it i'm not going to shit on you for loving the the star wars uh, expanded universe uh whatever is and isn't canon now that none of that matters to me none of it matters the idea is like you have decades for this notion of like well boba fett was actually really badass to fester to grow and rot and mutate and ferment and become this nasty thing that suddenly now is accepted canon that boba fett's a badass no he's not (laughs) he has never proven himself to be now fast forward to present day and we get the mandalorian series now obviously nobody cares about if you take the, uh, the whatever the alien, the, the child, if you take the child out, nobody would have fucked. I mean, like seven people would have been super into that show and everyone else would have been like, hey, you know, whatever. It's cool. I, I think, okay, so I think a lot of people would have been into the show if you were a hardcore Star Wars fan. Mm-hmm. I think it brought, I think it, the uh, Grogu, like the, the child was the reason passive Star Wars fans really latched onto it because it was a cute comic relief. Exactly. You know, like it, and it would kind of gave it a little more emotion to it. Now I liked the Mandalorian series, um, because it basically was, uh, it's basically Kung Fu, uh, the series only space. It's literally, he just goes from town to town and every time he gets to town, he's like, all right, kid, here's where we're going to be out. And they're like, Oh, you're a Mandalorian. Can you do this thing? And he's like, Oh, yeah, I guess. And then he does the thing and he's like, well, I guess we should leave. All right, let's go to another town. Uh, and that's every episode. And it was great because it very much reminded me of watching uh, the show Kung Fu uh, Which with is, David Carradine. Was, you know, was a fantastic show. And there, there was a new one recently, or is going to be? There uh, is a new one, um, which it's on the CW uh it's not as yeah, good, fair but enough. the, but it actually, they do actually do Kung Fu in it. So, Love cause that. it's actually, uh, an Asian person, uh, it's, you know, Asians in, in, uh, um, San Francisco, like kind of going against the thing. I like it, but it, okay. it, it misses the travel element of it. But like the whole notion of like, go to a town, get asked to do a thing that the people in the town don't want to do, do the thing, move on. Like. I mean, that's why I spent fucking a decade and a half playing Warcraft. Like, why do I need a, a TV show about that? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Literally. Um, 
So, so, you know, and then, so Boba Fett shows up in the Mandalorian and now we get the character of Boba Fett and we start to learn a a little bit more about him and arguably, you know, uh, I'll be honest, Boba Fett's okay. Uh, but it's his companion who is Fennec Shand, who is played by Ming-Na, uh, who was, um, she was in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, she was absolutely fucking fantastic in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, the cavalry, everyone called her. And she's also the voice of Mulan in the original uh, cartoon. She'd been in a bunch of other movies too. Ming-Na's great. And Fennec Shand plays his like assassin henchman. And she's awesome in it. I mean, she very much plays the same character as she does in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. just in oh, space. Oh, shit. I love this person. She's Ming-Na. a badass. Yeah. She's fucking awesome. And she plays the same Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. character where she's just like, you know, Boba Fett's like, all right, we're going to go and take over Jabba's, you know, like underground thing. And, but I'm going to rule it differently. And so like, he goes to meet with some of the P, you know, it's basically like, it's the Sopranos, but in space. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he like goes to meet with people and they're like, oh, well, you know, Jabba would never, you know, come here on his own. And both that's like, yeah, he's too fat. And she's like, Hey, they're being mean to you. Do you want me to kill them? And she, he's like, no. Well, I mean, calm down. And she's like, okay, well. And that's like her response to everybody. Yes. Every time someone's like, ah, blah, blah. And Boba Fett's like, oh, shit, we got to figure that out. And she's like, I could kill them. And he's like, no, <laughs> could you stop with the killing? And she's like, I'm just saying, I could punch them and kill them right now. Also, Boba Fett's a bounty hunter and is supposed to be like a notorious killer. Like, Right. Uh, has he gone soft? Has, right. Has his time in the, the Sylock pit... Uh, Soften him up. <laughs> Soften him up. It definitely did. So we're we're uh, now two episodes in, uh, but we're recording this before the second episode of the Book of Boba Fett, and uh, the Book of Boba Fett is the uh, has the lowest critic rating of all of the Disney Plus uh, shows so far. Um, I am Star Wars. shocked. I agree with the critics' rating. I don't... The first episode, the only thing that makes that show good for me is Fennec Shand, is Ming-Na. Um, now, in the Mandalorian episode, we got um, we got Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka, as Ahsoka Tano, mm-hmm. who was um, Anakin Skywalker's Padawan um, during the Clone Wars. This is the period of happens before episode two and episode three, he took on a Padawan of Ahsoka Tano mm-hmm. who ends up, you know, uh, seeming, we think gets killed by, or he thinks gets killed by uh, Darth Maul. Um, and so that, you know, he thinks she's dead, but she's actually not. And we got a really cool episode with her, a couple of episodes with her in the Mandalorian. And now she's going to get her own show. The Boba Fett one though, I get it. They're trying to do Sopranos in space, but the first episode was so fucking boring. Mm. It was so boring. And I was not a fan. And that's all I have to say about Star Wars and Boba Fett. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't really a Sopranos fan. Uh, so when you say that, like, the Mandalorian is basically kung fu in space, I could kind of get behind that. But I didn't care about the Sopranos. So, like, I wouldn't watch this even for the, like, oh, it's like, because that's not yeah. interesting to me. Yeah, uh, see. You know, like... Listen, people, you'll hear me say it all the time. I'm shitting on it, but love what you love. Like, yeah, this, this is your jam, then fucking celebrate that. But I think it's dumb. Yeah. I mean, so, <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is this, listen, we're 210 episodes in, technically 291 if you count all the other 
bonus and stuff like that. But if you don't know what we're about by now, <laughs> right? Like you know, we we tell you you should or shouldn't watch a movie, but like we're not your dads. You <laughs> go fucking watch whatever the hell you want, like whatever you want. I'm totally into it. I'm glad we're giving you our opinion, and that's how it is. And uh, you know, that being said, well before the Mandalorian, I have a framed postage stamp. Uh, I got this giant postage stamp of Boba Fett at a comic con and it was really fucking cool looking and it's star Wars and I framed it and it's hanging in my bathroom and has been for the past like six years. Nice. But like I did like, even then people are like, Oh, you like Boba Fett? I'm like, no, he was fucking <laughs> terrible, but this looks really cool. So I got it. And yes. like this per, you know, this comic con booth, this like, you know, it's this young guy or whatever, like he made it like using printing and stuff like that and it looks cool so i bought it from them because i want to support this this small artist sure and i fucking love star wars and this was cool yeah uh you know so that's that's where i stand on that speaking of i'm not your dad yeah uh, we're about halfway through season two of the witcher oh yeah <laughs> that's really <laughs> funny yeah uh that's funny so i uh i do i really loved season two of the witcher and i know that everybody is not into it but i feel like Everybody that says they don't like it were the ones who read the books and are mad that it's not going exactly like how it does in the books. That made, that would make sense. But I never read them. So to me, I'm just like, this is a, such a cool story. And look, like, it's carrying on from season one. I say cool. It, it does a really good job of picking up in the aftermath of the huge explosive battle at the end of season one yeah uh, which is really important because like you know, more often than not you just kind of move on from those things like wait a second like lots of shit just happened <laughs> like a lot um, of the, yeah this is very monumental but also as you had mentioned uh, at one point it does a really good job of being self-aware and like poking fun of itself for like the time jumps in season one or like yep. the the ongoing jokes about the reliability of the the bard's songs and things like that uh that i i, I thought were really fun also did we talk at all about the uh the anime like, uh, we we briefly mentioned it but i, I don't think we ever like went into it i didn't realize um when i watched that that the witcher in the anime is the one who trains them all in the show, Vesemir. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because, well, the kid at the end of the anime is Geralt. Okay. Uh, he would I, say they call him Geralt at the end. They were like, Geralt. Like, he's the I, kid that gets away, you know. I think I probably picked up on that at the time, but it didn't stick with me. Yeah. Uh, so, like, I'm like, who's, like, what is the frame of reference for this? Is this just some, like, random witcher that they chose to, to tell a story about? Which, cool. Uh, like, you know, yeah. give us more just kind of random content in this this world. That's fine. As we're uh, getting, uh, Blood Origin comes out this year, which is the prequel the, series. Isn't that, uh, am I making this up? Isn't Michelle Yeoh going to be in that? Michelle Yeoh is in that. Hell uh, yeah, she yes. is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yes, I love that this is becoming the decade of Michelle Yeoh again. Hell yeah. Uh, and I am a fucking all for it. Put her in literally everything. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I will never get tired of her. But yeah, so about halfway done with that, enjoying it so far. Uh, another uh, life update. Yeah. Uh, we spoke, uh, if not last week, then the previous week about how I discovered... Uh, Cthulhu Saves Christmas on Yeah, I believe Stadia. it was last week. Yeah. And I, I, I was planning on trying to do a playthrough over the holidays. Uh, and I got about halfway through before we recorded last episode, because I had some, some time one day. Uh, but then um, I took some, some time uh, over the, the Christmas long weekend, and I got almost done. I got to like 
just before like the last like climactic encounter, last dungeon battle. Uh, and I just had to call it a day to do other things. Uh, but I went back on my lunch break and one of the, the slower days this week and I finished it. Fucking fun story. Awesome. Super, super approachable JRPG style. Uh, you get uh, basically like all of the, the classic game mechanics from that, but it's very simplified. You don't have to... Sp- you can put a lot of thought into it if you want, but you don't have to, especially on the, the easy game mode. I'm sure if I went back and upped the difficulty, uh, which abilities I assigned and when and like what gear I used, like that would be a lot more important. Um, yeah. And you can, like the as you progress, even on the easy mode, the battles do get more challenging, but it's not this like exponentially just bullshit hard for hard sake uh, oh, yeah. towards I, the end. Like I, I, you know, I was still able to like, yeah, at, at the very end, I'm, you know, throwing rocks at the guy because i've got nothing left but like it was winnable and i appreciated that uh but you know very fun very self-aware story that not only is apparently just designed to be a prequel to cthulhu saves the world uh which i actually thought it was a sequel but turns out the other way around uh but also does a really good job of tongue-in-cheek throwing you right back into the story if you want to do another playthrough oh that's really fun i like i like when games like um uh, there, there was a Zelda version. I think it was, uh, I think it was like the, uh, Ze- the first Zelda game, uh, where you could, you'd play through it and beat it, but then you could go back and play through it, but keep all of your things. Mm. Um, or maybe that's Breath of the Wild or one of them. W- one of the Zelda games I remember does that where basically you go back through and you start right off the bat with all your stuff and you can just go back through and play through it, but it's like slightly harder. Mario 3 um, lets you do that as well. Oh, Mario 3. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew there was other games. Uh, there was a few. It's like those old like Super Nintendo era games that yeah. did that. And I think that's really cool because like, you know, uh, games nowadays. A lot of games uh, are um, are what's called live games or uh, games as a service. Mm, um, I learned so about like, that term this week. Yeah, so like Destiny, as an example, is is a uh, is a live game because it's an ever it never ends. Like, there's no like, here's the game, you play it and you're done. Like, like uh, I just I just wrapped up or I'm wrapping up my Skyrim uh, replay. And Skyrim is one of those games where like it just ends because after a while you literally have nothing else to do. And I mean, the game came out 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. Nothing else is coming out for Skyrim anytime soon, you know? Um, whereas Destiny, we know in February we're getting The Witch Queen, a very huge DLC, uh, you know, one of the largest uh, DLCs for Destiny 2 ever to drop. And there's still seasons and stuff like that. And yeah. conversely, um, a game that I also play, Genshin Impact, is getting its latest update, actually just got its latest update yesterday. Uh, for those of you listening, it'll be this coming Sunday for, for us recording. Mm. Um, but uh, that's version 2.5, 2.4. Um, and basically they update it every, you know, every, th- you know, two to three months, they re they update it and add a new level of story. Sometimes they'll add a new area that you can explore, um, or they'll add new characters and there's a bunch of new characters coming. I think there's like three total, um, and they're adding a whole new area. There's a whole new story. You get to go back to old areas and like finish out on a story. Like, like a year ago, there was this big thing happened where this the Jade Shrine in in Genshin Impact got destroyed, mm-hmm. and they just kind of were like, "Oh no!" But like we use the Jade Shrine to like pray to this you know this dragon god or whatever, and they're like, "Shit!" And now this update is them rebuilding the shrine. So I think that's really cool because you nice. spent a year where like this thing gets destroyed, and you're like, "Oh no!" And you have to figure out like who destroyed it and why, and it's this whole big story. But now they're like, "Hey, we're rebuilding the shrine." 
here's some new characters, here's a whole new area and stuff like that. I'm like, that's really cool. But it's it it's a continuing thing. It's the service of the game. Like Genshin's yeah. a free game for as an example, but it gets its money by you spending money to to basically attempt to get new characters. It's called a gotcha game. Uh, yeah. G-A-C-H-A. Not like gotcha, but it also works that way. Yeah. Uh, Cause it's like, gotcha, you spent a bunch of money and still didn't get the character you wanted. Yep. Um, <laughs> but they give you a bunch of free stuff too. Um, but yeah, so like, Games like Cthulhu, you know, Saves Christmas and Cthulhu Saves the World, like, I still love games like that where I'm just like, you played it, and then that's the end. That's it. That's, you can play uh, it again, like like the Metroid games and stuff. You play it, you're done, you check it back in on it in a couple months, and you're like, oh, that game was fun, I'm going to do it again. I love games that allow you to have, no, like, you can you can have an ending point, you can have a definitive end, you can beat this game. But then if you're a completionist, if you really want to dig in and like, you know, get more story or get all the loot or like, you know, get a hundred percent of everything, like here's more you can do. Uh, yeah. the, you know, um, just speaking of the Mario franchise, uh, Super Mario Brothers four, the, the one for Super Nintendo was like that. You could play, you could just go straight through to the end. Or you could get you know both uh you know both exits from every red dot world. You could find all the yep. the, the secrets and the the uh, the ghost houses or whatever, and like get a hundred percent completion. Which uh, I still never figured out. I I got as high as I want to say like somewhere between like ninety five and ninety eight percent, but my save point was before the Bowser fight, and I don't know if that last little bit was just cleared by the, the Bowser fight or if there was something I missed and I will never know and it just fucking drives me insane. I have a Super Nintendo Mini, one of those, like the, the yeah, yeah, resell yeah. ones. I have one that I've played Super, uh, Super Mario uh, on that a few times. It was great. <laughs> um, yeah, um, like Super Metroid was great because there was like, there's like all of the upgrades that you can get to get 100% and then there's mm -hmm. the secret ending where uh, on your way to your ship, you go like back one way and you can rescue all the animals on the planet too, Aww. which is really cool. Um, I always did that, even if I didn't have 100%. I was like, nope, I'm saving all the animals, um, awesome. which I think is a really cool. That's another cool, like, secret ending thing you can do. I love games like that, though. Like, yeah. I think there's a world for both. There's yeah. the, there is the audience for the games as a service, you know, the, the Fortnites, the Destinies, the Genshins. And then there's also the games like this that can, they're just uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. Perfect example of a more modern looking game that is that. There's mm -hmm. there's one story, you play it and then it's done. Like the story's done, you you started it, you ended it. You can go back and they they do like games plus editions. God of War uh, is is a perfect example. Spider Man, perfect example. Mm -hmm. You have the one, you just go and you play the thing, and then you can go back and get your hundred percent if you want. But there's just the one story and then it ends. Yeah, and DLC is so, not included. I don't consider DLCs live service. Sure. It's a different idea. I feel like. The like the MMOs, the like games as a service, like, tend to be more like you 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 try to fine line of like this is really easy to just drop into. I've got like tw like two hours I can dedicate tonight to gaming. I know that I can do that. I can just drop on and play for a little bit, like dick around, run some missions, run some strikes, whatever, and then you're just done and you you walk away. Uh, but they also by design are meant to keep you coming back forever. Yep. Uh, and that can, that can be really you know, 
the prime for burnout. Uh, whereas the sense of accomplishment you can get from a game that actually has an end that you can get to, um, but that may not be as approachable for just like, I've got like 45 minutes to play today. Can I get an entire chapter in, uh, in Octopath done? Maybe, but it depends on uh, how much fucking leveling I got to do to beat this boss. Right. I don't know. Right, right. Yeah, you know, that's like, uh, you know, speaking of the difference between games like Destiny and Genshin in terms of live service games, the one thing that is is really tough with Genshin is that there's daily tasks. Yeah. So, like, I find myself having to be, like, I, like there's been a couple of times where it'll be, like, 9, 10 o'clock at night, and I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, I didn't log into Genshin today and get my task because yep. you get you get currency for doing those tasks and which is what I use to buy new characters so I don't have to spend real money. Yep. And I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, like I got to log in. But like Destiny does a really good job where it's like I can play twice a week at any point and be fine, you know, because like resets on Tuesday, but I could log in on Thursday and not feel like I missed anything. Yeah. And that's what's really, I like how Destiny's set up and I hope they don't ever go to the daily task thing. And I know other games are like that. Fortnite's another one that has daily tasks. Like that. Yeah, yeah daily or, you know, where it's just like, oof. You know, and I know that, like, you know, Destiny has rotating things, but you, it doesn't feel like I don't feel like I have to. Like, Destiny's the perfect live service game that's like a weekend warrior game, you know, where you're like, I only get three hours to play on Saturday, three hours on Sunday, or an hour on Saturday, an hour on Sunday. Yeah. And you could be golden yeah. and still have a blast. Well, and that's, you know, I mean, the daily quest, the daily task, the like repetitive, whatever, that kind of shit, uh, it, it gives me the same feeling as when I you know, dropped out of college the second time and just like, so I was, I was working full time and I was going to school full time and it was like an hour either direction from my home to get to one. So it was like just a lot of time spent doing bullshit for other people. Uh, and I realized that like, if I'm going to, to dedicate a bunch of my time to something I don't enjoy, like they'll pay me for it. I'll just go to work. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so like fast forward years to the point where like daily quests get introduced into a, an MMO that I've been playing for several years. And like, at first this is kind of cool. And eventually it starts to feel like a job and I'm like once again I'm in a situation like why am I paying someone to do work every day <laughs> right if I'm doing work if the if this game no longer feels like a game if it feels like I have to accomplish a task then why aren't they paying me to do it <laughs> like you know what fuck it like build a bitcoin miner into your shit and then I'll like I'll do the the daily tasks and you can give me just a little percentage for my time. <laughs> there you go. I think that's that's the future don't, of uh, Absolutely don't do yeah, that. Yeah, that. Yeah, uh, also very glad that uh uh Bungie uh has said very outright that they will not get into NFTs and I hope they stick to that. They were Good. very much like, no, fuck that. I mean, yeah. they're also very like forward-thinking comp like progressive company when it comes to things like diversity and and things like that and Bitcoin is is bad for the environment. So oh, they God. are they are not so into it. Bad. Yeah, uh, so there it is. So what did you guys think of uh, Book of Boba Fett? What did you guys think of The Witcher Season 2? I was a huge fan. And uh, what games have you been playing? We'd love to know. Uh, this isn't a gaming podcast, but our boning episode, a uh, bonus boning our episode. Boning episode. <laughs> that is a different podcast. Our bonus have episode. Have we announced that show yet? <laughs> <laughs> I guess we haven't risen to that occasion. Ah! Um, <laughs> sorry, it's hard. Um, so... Uh, <laughs> 
this isn't a gaming podcast, but we do end up talking about it a lot in the bonus episodes. Uh, but, you know, maybe there'll be a gaming one in the future again. Maybe. We'll see what happens. Uh, all right. So let us know. What have you been playing? What have you been watching? We'd love to know. And don't forget to catch our brand new episode this Sunday where we talk about the film Asteroid. It's, it's a movie about an asteroid, not a comet. Uh, cool. All right, guys. Uh, thanks a lot for listening, and we will see you next time. Oh, I get it, because because it's not like dark. It's, right. It's very dark. It's completely different. father's tragic past, hidden in the adventures of a cartoon mouse. A cautionary tale on the dangers of temporal tourism. A woman searching for answers after the death of an old friend. This is the Storyteller series, a Night Shift Radio original. Every month we bring a new short story to life in a full cast audio drama. We publish a second exclusive story to our online print edition, and we give you a glimpse behind the pages with our author interview series. Subscribe to the Storyteller series wherever you listen to podcasts and visit nightshiftradio.com for more information. Mm-hmm.